0: just real quick about the Nets, like, I think there's going to be books written about the Nets. Like, for sure. I think maybe you write a book about the Nets. Uh, (laughs) Do you think, like, there was any other way? What'd you say?
1: So it'd be an interesting endeavor.
0: Right? Uh, Do you think there was any other way out of this situation? Like, a series of unfortunate events uh, around injuries and, and, like, a weird pandemic happening once in a lifetime?
1: So yes but also like that's what happens in every big stakes environment in this league and it's why people are looking at the Kyrie Luka Doncic pairing as like a potentially combustible situation right i mean you do you you trade for the superstars every time in this league that's just kind of the the mo around front offices because worst case scenario typically you can be where Brooklyn is right now where they are at a hell of a better starting point in this moment than they were in 2016 when their asset cupboard was dry. And, you know, they, they, they screwed the pooch with the KG Paul Pierce you know deal because those guys were well past their prime and whatever. Like if you do it with guys who are ready to play right now and at the peak of their powers, like Brooklyn did, if it doesn't work out, you'll be able to get a pretty good return back. That being said, like when you do, Mortgage young players and first round picks in the moment, it's hard to continue to add ancillary pieces. The Bucs just had to send out five second round picks to add Jay Crowder to this team. Um, and when, as the Lakers have seen, especially like when your roster is so top heavy with salary and so much of the success is dependent on just a couple of guys and a couple of guys getting along in an environment that is pretty self-centered and ego-driven and a competitive, you know, small sphere where your contract and your riches and your fame are all dependent on how good you perform on TV in front of millions of people every night. That's a conflicting idea to the essence of basketball, where you share it amongst your teammates to try to be a collective other. So there's it's just a natural situation where these tensions and these pressures can, can, blow up and i think it gets um so much easier for things to fail when the stakes are that high and there's such a pressure cooker and you are in an environment where you put the onus on yourself to be championship or bust so whether it's you know the celtics big through to kg and paul pierce that we just talked about you know ray allen left and there was you know, emotions there and he went goes to the heat and the heat thing crumbles with LeBron, you know, everyone talking about that locker room when they lost to the Spurs, they were so exhausted and they were just glad it was over and KD and Golden State. And like it just these these marriages, the honeymoon period always always ends. So um I don't necessarily think it was like doomed to fail from the beginning, or like how could they have avoided it? But like to for any team build to be successful, it's gonna take so much luck and so many circumstances. I just think the odds are are more against you to sustain it long term, just because of the yeah. ultimate stakes that come in those situations.
0: I actually like Brooklyn now more than I did last year. <laughs> I do like. I think well, this trade is going to go down to me as uh, an incredible opportunity for Mikael Bridges to prove that he can be an offensive power as well. Like he was a defensive specialist for the Phoenix Suns. And that was his role. And he was never going to be the guy with the ball in his hands at all times. And I was curious to see how the ball sharing would go between him and Spencer Dinwiddie, because Spencer doesn't like to share the ball with anyone unless their name is Luca. And he's like, that's his role. Um, But Mikhail already putting buckets up at 45 the other night shows that he was sort of underutilized in a lot of ways in Phoenix.
1: Yeah. I mean, look. There's a situation where the Nets put together a fun little run down the stretch and they make some noise in the playoffs, take a team to seven or something. Um, And then there's a star that decides, you know what, I want out of my team this summer. And I'm looking at Brooklyn because they got a bunch of picks they just got from Phoenix and a bunch of players. I want to go there. Like, Mikhail Bridges could be my number two. Cam Johnson could be my number three. Like the is our defensive anchor. If I, like, there's a. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm not saying that's absolutely what Brooklyn wants to do, but they're excited that that's a possibility. So it it is an interesting place to be in.
0: If I was Sean Marks, I would say no to any star that wanted to go there again. I think that's <laughs> the only way you build the the fan base to some level of real loyalty. Because the one thing that I realized from being on the fan was the fans just don't care because they feel no connection to these players and Brooklyn's never been really the the place for New York fans to like clamor around. It's always been the Knicks. And so unless they figure out some way to organically build something, buying stars, I don't think is a really great. And I don't think Sean Marks does well with stars truthfully. Like, I don't think that's his forte. You know what I mean?